this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. This is the fourth and final session that I'm going to do looking at the prosperity gospel. And I want to look at warnings about ministers seeking wealth and prosperity. There are some dreadful excesses amongst these prosperity gospel preachers, a number of which have hit the mainstream media and caused many Christians to cringe at the greed and extravagance. As an example, in recent times, there have been not one but two prosperity gospel preachers who have sought their followers to give amounts to purchase the preachers a private jet each. In one case, the preacher sought $56 million for a jet and the other sought $65 million for a Gulfstream private jet. This is greed. It is an abuse of their position in the church because this money could be better spent helping others and serving the Lord rather than buying a private jet. Anyone who needs to travel can do so on commercial airlines just as easily and more cost-effectively than owning a private jet. And at least one of these ministers already had several private jets that the congregation had bought, but he believed that he should have the -the top-of-the-line model. As for the other preacher, he likewise owned several Rolls-Royce motor cars and a number of multi-million dollar homes, all financed through money raised from the church. It might have been considered acceptable if everyone in their respective churches had the same wealth and assets, but that was not the case, as many of the followers of these two men were nowhere near as well off financially as these two men were. And even if the congregation were all equally wealthy, they could all afford to better use their wealth to help others who were less fortunate than themselves. Such excess and extravagance is a blight on the church and the name of Christianity which brings us to the first warning scripture about these types of men. It says, If anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching which accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit, he knows nothing, he has a morbid craving for controversy and for disputes about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, base suspicions and wrangling among men who are depraved in mind and bereft of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. There is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we shall be content. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 3-8 to eight. These men are not teaching the sound words of Jesus Christ and the words that accord with godliness. They are conceited in attitude, puffed up, and know nothing about the truth of the gospel and the new covenant that Jesus died to bring into effect. They are depraved in mind and bereft of the truth, as the scripture says, because they use godliness as a means for personal and financial gain, as we are warned in verse 5 in that section. There is great gain in godliness, for it leads to life and salvation, but they seek worldly gain and wealth. They've missed the point of the gospel and are a blight on the church. It is evident they do not know the scripture, for clearly they are not content with their lot in life. They seek to take as much from others to which they are not entitled so they can live the easy life. Avoid these preachers. 
The next scripture gives us another warning about the leaders in the church who live according to the prosperity gospel. It says this, For a bishop, as God's steward, must be blameless. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of goodness, master of himself, upright, holy and self-controlled. He must hold firm to the sure word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to confute those who contradict it. For there are many insubordinate men, empty talkers and deceivers, especially the circumcision party, and they must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for base gain what they have no right to teach. Titus chapter 1 verses 7 to 11. This scripture looks at a bishop who is a leader in the church. The actual word in Greek for bishop is used variously in other places to refer to the leaders in the church. It's also translated as overseer in the church, which would cover anyone who is a leader in a church, regardless of what their title might be. We see in this scripture that such a leader must not be greedy for gain. With the excesses and extravagances of the prosperity gospel preachers, it is clear that they do not exhibit this trait for a leader in the church. The very ministry they promote is based upon greed and seeking financial gain. And those who preach such things are condemned towards the end of this quote, where Paul writes that they are guilty of upsetting whole families by teaching for base gain what they have no right to teach. The prosperity gospel preachers do teach for the purpose of gain. One minister recently was guilty of offering miracles for money. You needed to give to the church an amount of money in return for receiving a miracle or a healing. What lies! What evil trickery! What a blight on the church to suggest someone can buy the blessings of God! It angers and disgusts me as I even just talk about these things. And it is because of such foul practices that the whole church comes under condemnation from the rest of the world. They judge all Christians by the evil practices of these few false teachers and what they promote. Which brings me to the next warning, which came from Jesus himself. It says this, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil man out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will render account for every careless word they utter. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 37. Here is a warning for all of us, but especially those who preach and follow the prosperity gospel. It is from the abundance of the heart that a person speaks. You can know anyone and what is important to them if you listen to their words, because they speak of what they believe. These prosperity gospel preachers are a brood of vipers. They are snakes in the church who are bringing the people of God into condemnation by placing them under a bondage of law that Jesus has already freed us from. They manipulate the church to extract wealth and riches for themselves. Worse, they do this on a foundation of lies and twisted scripture. Be warned. These prosperity gospel preachers also need to be warned because, as the last two verses of this quote show, we will all be justified and have to render account for every careless word we speak. 
How much worse will one be judged for speaking lies designed to wreak havoc in the church? And again, another warning is shown in the words of Peter. He said this, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed, tend the flock of God that is your charge, not by constraint, but willingly, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not as domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-3 to The leaders of the church are exhorted by Peter to be an example to the flock of God and to tend them as a shepherd protects and watches over the sheep. In the same way, the elders and leaders of the churches should look after the flock of the Lord. Peter warns these elders and leaders not to lay heavy constraints on the flock, which includes financial burdens through the false tithing ministry the prosperity gospel preachers promote. The leaders are further warned not to tend the flock for shameful gain. Instead, they are to eagerly seek to help the flock, not domineer over them, but be an example. You cannot look at the prosperity gospel preachers and think for one moment that they fulfil these requirements. They do lead the flock for shameful gain. They do domineer over the flock. They do keep them under the constraints of guilt and condemnation. And they are not good examples of the truth of the gospel to the flock of the Lord. So after all of these things in this section, in these last few sessions that I've done in this podcast, after all of these things have been considered, what can we say about the prosperity gospel? The scriptures that follow will tell us. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and preaches another Jesus than the one we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you submit to it readily enough. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 3 and 4. And also this scripture. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you received, let him be accursed. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. Both of these scriptures talk about a different gospel. And the second verse tells us that in truth, there is no different gospel. Any other gospel is a lie because it is not of God. There is only one gospel of Jesus Christ that leads to salvation. But the lies and false teachings that have come into the church over many generations have turned the gospel into something else. It has become a gospel of lies, half-truths and false teachings that can never lead a person to salvation. And that is what the prosperity gospel is too. It is a different gospel. And by that I mean it is a false gospel because it does not promote the truth of the new covenant, but a gospel focused on money, riches and wealth. It is focused on the material things of this world, suggesting that they are the things of God when they are not, and is not helping people to grow spiritually into the image of Jesus Christ. There are two warnings in these scriptures. The first is a warning to those who listen to and accept these false teachings because they will not grow in Christ. The false gospel of prosperity will take people away from Christ, not towards him. People do submit to it readily enough, 
because it sounds so good. It's like music to the ears of many people that you can give something and get an abundance back in return. It must sound to them like winning a lottery. They are like the people Paul described to Timothy. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. The people who listen to the prosperity gospel do exactly as these words describe. They want to hear what sounds good to them rather than the truth of the gospel. But that is not how Christ works. The prosperity gospel is a lie, and it will deceive people into believing and accepting what is false to their detriment, as Paul was saying in the scripture above from 2 Corinthians 11, verses 3 and 4. The second warning in the Galatian scripture is about those who preach these false gospels. There is a curse upon anyone who preaches something other than the truth of the gospel. They are accursed because they are taking people away from the truth of the gospel of salvation in Jesus Christ. As Paul said, if anyone, even an angel from heaven, should preach a different gospel to that which Christ taught, they are accursed and should not be believed. There is no other gospel by which a person can be saved. Prosperity gospel is no gospel at all. It is a lie designed to make a few people rich at the expense of the congregation of the Lord. And those who choose to live by this false doctrine will never find the true gospel of salvation until they reject these lies. Finally, let us look at what I believe this prosperity gospel does to the church. This is a vivid picture from the Bible, and I believe it shows us just how bad this prosperity gospel is, because what these scriptures describe is what the prosperity gospel preachers are doing. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. Therefore I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, that you may be rich, and white garments to clothe you, and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. Revelation chapter 3, verses 14 to 18. This is a perfect example of what the prosperity of gospel churches are like. They are proud and arrogant like this church in Laodicea. This church says, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. And this is how many of these churches today appear. It is interesting, although a coincidence, that the scripture uses the word prospered in the description of this church. But these churches do believe they are rich, prosperous, and do not need anything except more money. But what does the Lord say about them? He says, not knowing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. He says they don't even know how badly off they really are. They think they've got it all, when in truth they have nothing. They think they are favoured of God and have a direct line to all the blessings of God, not realising that God is so sick of them that he will spew you out of my mouth, as he says. This is how bad this church has become, and they don't even realise it. But God does not give up on them. He gives them counsel today, as he did to the church of Laodicea back then. He counsels them to buy gold refined by fire from him. 
Now, he's not talking about the metal gold, but the golden teachings that lead to life and salvation. The Lord also tells them to get white garments to glow themselves and cover up their nakedness. The white garments are the deeds of righteousness. They need to learn the ways of the Lord and what will lead to righteousness because in their blindness, they have sought bondage under the law rather than the free gift of righteousness that comes from Jesus Christ. And finally, God tells them to seek solve for their eyes so that their eyes will be healed and open to see the error of their ways and turn to Christ and to find the right path. Prosperity gospel is a false doctrine and just one of many, as we've seen in this particular section of this book that I've been reading. All of the false doctrines listed here are by no means all that exist in the church today. But the ones that I have covered in my previous podcasts are some of the biggest problems in the church today that must be addressed and avoided. As for the prosperity gospel, in the next series of podcasts, I'll look more deeply into the financial aspects of tithing, which is the foundation stone upon which this false doctrine, the prosperity gospel, is built. And even in the next chapter, I have not covered all of the issues and problems and bondages associated with tithing in the modern church. There is just too much to cover on the subject of tithing in this series of podcasts. To give tithing the full coverage the subject deserves, I've written a book entitled Should Christians Tithe? that looks only at tithing. The problems identified and covered in that book are much greater than simple financial issues. And if you want a copy of that book, it can be downloaded for free in PDF format on my website at the uh, link freegiftfromgod.com forward slash my dash ebooks forward slash. And if you go there and if you have a look in the menu on any of the pages that you go to on the freegiftfromgod.com website, you'll be able to find free ebooks and you'll find it amongst those. So this is the last session that I'm going to do on prosperity gospel. Next time I will look at the foundation of the prosperity gospel, which is tithing. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website. So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless. Oh, 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 oh